Blue Wire. The San Diego Chargers select Joey Bosa. Oh, here comes Bosa! The Los Angeles Chargers select Derwin James. What's going on, everyone, and welcome to this week's second edition of the Powder Blue Review. I am your host, Michael Peterson, and uh, we're heading into Raiders Week Part 2. The Raiders obviously beat the Chargers earlier this season in a game that was sort of like Philip Rivers' the beginning of his downfall, right? I think that was the game he threw four interceptions. It was the first game where uh, he... And that two-minute drive at the end of the game, he went 0 for 8. And it was like the first quarterback in 40 years to go 0 for 7 and plus and literally gain zero yards of offense on that drive. It was bad. It was a really bad game. And now we're here uh, facing the Raiders again, this time in Los Angeles. I don't know if it makes much of a difference. The Raiders have kind of cooled off uh, as well as a part to you know the weeks leading up to their first game against the Chargers where they beat the Bears and were kind of uh, surprising. A good amount of people but uh yeah as always guys follow me on twitter at zone tracks that's spelled z-o-n-e-t-r-a-c-k-s got the twitter podcast handle at pb review podcast and check out bolts from the blue.com love the site hope you guys enjoy it as well i'm the deputy manager over there always doing some really good stuff and all that stuff is also going to ramp up in terms of draft content off-season stuff it gets a lot more interesting because in the, during the season it kind of is just what you'd expect while the offseason is the time for essentially uh, creative juices to kind of flow. And since the the news isn't really writing itself like it is during the season, it is a time where we do get uh, as creative as, as we want. And um, it's just a lot more interesting content, much more engaging. And uh, I don't know, creative is just the word I would use. So, uh, yeah, man, I'm sorry. I don't mean to, to pause like that, but... Uh, I kind of just, you know, I got a glimpse of the Chargers 5-9 and nine record, and it's been such a weird season, obviously, because the expectations were super high coming off a 12-4 and four season, and it's weird looking down and seeing the Chargers one game behind the, what is it, the Raiders, the Raiders, oh, I'm just so fog-headed right now, just trying to grasp the concept of the Chargers being this bad for this many amount of seasons, and I've got some really crazy stats about Philip Rivers' career, especially his numbers, including his ratings and stuff like that over the last four, five, six seasons. Um, but guys, today's show is going to be hopefully short and sweet. We don't have any ad reads, so we don't get interrupted by those this week. Um, but yeah, it's kind of going to be normal. We're going to go over the the matchup and then finish up with my three things uh, that I'll be looking forward to the most, the three things that I'll be watching the most closely against the Oakland Raiders. So as always, uh, we're just going to get right into the show. The Chargers are currently sitting at 5-9, and nine, and they're facing the Oakland Raiders, who are 6-8 and eight on the season. Uh, they play this Sunday. It is a 4-5 Eastern kickoff, and uh, hopefully it's going to be another good game, you know. The games are always interesting, at least, and depends on how you guys feel towards what you'd like the outcome of the season to be when it comes to uh, you want them to tank to get a better draft pick, solidify the top 10 draft pick, or you want them to win out for for pride and for reasons such as that. Um, People are going to be torn on that, and I really don't blame you for being on either side of that fence. But as we look at the numbers here, 
uh, starting with the Chargers offensive players. Phillip Rivers is one of three players at this moment who has tossed for over 4,000 yards. He sits at 4,055, 21 touchdowns and 18 interceptions. Those 18 interceptions are second in the NFL behind uh, the Buccaneers' Uh, James Winston. You've got Melvin Gordon, who's toed to the rock 139 times for 551 yards and five scores. He's also chipped in uh, 30 catches for 188 yards and one touchdown. Austin Eckler, 119 carries for 500 yards on the dot and three touchdowns on the ground. 78 catches, which is second on the team behind Keenan Allen for 892 yards, third on the team behind Allen and Williams with eight receiving touchdowns that lead the team. Keenan Allen, Crossed the 1,000-yard receiving mark against the Vikings last Sunday. He has 90 catches for 1,046 yards, five touchdowns. He needs a touchdown, averaging at least the next two games to break that six-touchdown threshold that he's met the last two years and hasn't broken since his rookie year where he scored eight. Also needs at least five catches. He uh, averaged out the next two games to break that 100-yard mark as or 100-catch mark as well. Mike Williams, man, he is just the volume king. 44 catches. Less than half of Allen's yards, right? You know, Allen has 90. Williams has 44, one less than half of uh, 90 exactly. But he's 912 receiving yards, which is just 134 less than Allen. He has two touchdowns, both of which uh, they've come in the last two games. Hunter Henry, 45 catches for 565 yards and four touchdowns on the year uh, for him. Defensively for the Chargers. Uh, Thomas Davis is still leading the team by a large margin in tackles, 107 stops, three tackles for loss. Joey Bosa is still second behind him with 60 total tackles, 16 tackles for loss, which lead the team and a uh, team leading 10 and a half sacks. Denzel Perryman, third, 55 tackles, five tackles for loss. Drew Tranquil, 53 tackles, four for loss. Desmond King, 46 and four for loss. And then Melvin Ingram rounds out the top six on the team, 44 tackles, 10 tackles for loss. Five and a half sacks. The tackles for loss and sacks are uh, second on the team, only behind Joey Bosa. Dav, the Raiders. Derek Carr having himself an all right season 3,372 yards, 19 touchdowns, eight interceptions. So two less touchdowns than Rivers, but 10 less interceptions, I'd say. I, honestly, I would take that year over what Rivers has done up to this point. Josh Jacobs, 242 carries for 1,150 yards and seven touchdowns for the rookie out of Alabama. Raiders chose the right guy, I believe, in that. He's a bell cow back in the truest sense. Former Charger Tyrell Williams leads the team in receiving, excuse me, no, totally forgetting about about, uh, Darren Waller, who has just surprised so many people. I keep assuming Williams is the leading receiver on their team, but he is not. He is second on the team with 38 catches, second on the team as well with 569 receiving yards and six touchdowns through the air that does lead the team. Hunter Renfro is their secondary wide receiver, 36 catches for 396 and two scores. And then Darren Waller's blowing everybody out of the water with 80 catches, 1,001 yard, three touchdowns. And then Foster Moreau has played quite the role as well, just in a reserve role. Um, his 21 catches for 174 yards. Uh, just 174 yards, yeah, on 21 catches, but he has five touchdowns, which are third on the team behind, um, actually, no, second on the team behind Tyrell Williams. Defensively for the Raiders, Tahir Whitehead, a middle linebacker, 98 total tackles. You've got Eric Harris is behind him, second on the team with 63. He has three interceptions on the year. Max Crosby, a rookie out of Eastern Michigan. He's actually coached by my coach uh, from college where I played at Drake University in Des Moines, Iowa. 
my head coach two years after I left went out to Eastern Michigan and was the coach for Max Crosby there. But he's got 39 tackles on the year, 14 tackles for loss, eight and a half sacks. And uh, yeah, those are the numbers for Max Crosby. Again, a rookie, and I believe he was like a fifth round pick. So not a highly touted guy coming to the draft, was a sleeper for a lot of people and has really balled out for the Raiders in his first season. And then you got Benson Mayoa, 14 tackles, uh, just 14 tackles on the year, but has five tackles for loss and seven sacks. So half of his tackles have literally been sacks. That is quite the stat line from Benson Mayoa. Um, that is essentially what that matchup looks like. Uh, there's nothing that really stands out. You know, neither team has an absolute superstar this season. Obviously, both teams are super underwhelming. Um, they've all gotten some bad breaks. They've all beaten some teams they probably shouldn't have. And, uh, Unfortunately, it's just another ho-hum year in the AFC West where if you're not the Chiefs, you just weren't good. Um, we're almost giving the, what is it, the NFC East a run for their money where like everybody sucks top to bottom. Everyone's kind of a middling team, you know, right around 500 or less, um, which is crazy. It's almost like that year where they had a losing record. I think it was the Panthers or somebody had a losing record in their division. Uh and still made the playoffs, which is just absolutely insane to me. But, oh, well. Uh, again, that kind of went by pretty quickly. We don't have an ad read, so um, we might as well kind of move into our three things to watch for. Um, actually, you know what we can do before we get into that? I'm just kind of freestyling this one. Uh, I need to get this thing out to you guys. I do apologize for this thing being late, by the way. Um, let's just call it... Uh, work combination of work and wife kind of kept me from getting it out last night um plus some internet issues have kind of spurned me from uh being super active with my technology as of right now so as we sit here um, i'm gonna go ahead and get the injury report pulled up off the top of my head the chargers were might be missing russell okung uh this week i know he's had some lingering issues i think it was a groin injury that's been hurting him uh, Trey Pipkins played has played a handful of snaps over the last week or so. Um, he might be the guy this week if Russell Okung can't go. I know reports said that Pipkins would be the starter at left tackle were that to happen. And honestly, it's looking like that's the truth. Through all three, he didn't participate at all, actually. Okung was a, did not participate on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. He is doubtful as it stands right now. Running back Justin Jackson, a hamstring injury. He was limited all week. He is questionable. And then Mike Williams, Chinonuosu, and Thomas Davis were all full participants today on Friday. They will be good to go. So good to see the Chargers ending the year without a large injury report, but it sucks that they had to start and maintain a large injury report for most of the season. You kind of want it the other way around, but oh well. The Oakland Raiders have a fairly lengthy injury report here two uh trent brown is out actually they just put him on ir so they will be without their prized possession from free agency their right tackle that's good for the chargers pass rush rodney hudson was a limited participant but he should be good richie incognito did not participate so they will be down at least two starting offensive linemen that was their left guard this season he's out with an ankle injury gabe jackson was a limited participant wednesday friday with a did not participate on thursday he's likely good to go Josh Jacobs. Ooh, look at this. I I don't know how this one slipped through my slipped through the cracks. Josh Jacobs is out, at least as of right now, against the Chargers. 
He has a shoulder injury, so he did not participate in practice at all throughout this week. That is fantastic. That is good news for the Chargers, not good news for the tank. Looking at other guys, uh, Mark Hill Lee, linebacker, I don't think plays too much. He will be out, but everyone else is good to go for the Oakland Raiders. Now that we got that out of the way, um, good to know that Josh Jacobs isn't playing. Good to know that this might be a good game for the Chargers to uh, find some momentum and at least kind of get back into things. I know the season's lost, but one win won't kick them out of the top 10, but uh, two of them actually might put them at 11th, which depending on how much you think uh, the talent drops off outside of the top 10, then maybe you want them to lose out. But uh, moving on to final part of this podcast, we're going to go into my three things to watch for against the Oakland Raiders. And this this concept, this uh, this piece, this idea gets tough, obviously, when, when we're in a position like this at the end of the season, because there's nothing that really interests me. You know, when the team loses, this is on a personal level as well, when the team's, you know, lost, the season's lost, what am I supposed to really care about? You know, do I want to see the team play well? Do I want to see them tank? It's confusing, and since none of it really matters per se, it's tough to 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 lock on and hang on to things that, like, oh, I can't wait to watch this against the Raiders. I can't wait to watch that. Well, when it doesn't mean anything, it gets tough, and I'm sure you guys can probably relate a little bit. So these are kind of looser things that I'll be watching for, um, things that just interest me in some way, shape, or form, and maybe you guys feel the same way as well. So let's go ahead and get into this. My number one is simply how will Phillip Rivers finish this year? Will his streak of terrible play continue or will he flip the script? Now, if you guys don't know, Phillip Rivers has thrown 11 interceptions in his last five games. So that means more than half of his interceptions, 11 of his 18 total, have come in the last five games. I believe it's nine. Nine is the number that's in my head, have come against AFC West opponents. I need to do the math again. But at one point, he had thrown two touchdowns to... 9, 10, or 11 interceptions, something total like that, against AFC West opponents this year. It was his worst touchdown-to-interception ratio against his division in his entire career, or at least in the last five years. Um, That's a lot of work to go back through all those years, but I know it is something crazy like that, and it's not good by any means. Looking at some other numbers, just to kind of get a glimpse of what this season looks like compared to the rest of his uh, the years in his career, well... This year in 2019, it's his second worst QBR of his career. So I'll go over here to QBR. His best season was 09. Some other top seasons up there is 13 when they went to the playoffs, 18 last year when they went to the playoffs. So as you can see, there's a little bit of a theme here. His top years were all big playoff years. His bottom two, his worst was 2012. The team went 7-9. and nine. He threw uh, for 3,600 yards, 26 touchdowns to 15 interceptions. He had a 42.6 QBR, not good. He was sacked a shit ton. That's actually, that's why. He doesn't have any year above 40, and he was um, sacked 49 times that year for a career high, 311 total yards taken back. So that probably adds into into that. But uh, in front of that, you've got 2019. His QBR this year is 49.0. He's been sacked 30 times, which is actually kind of in the middle, actually on the lower side of most of his uh, career numbers, but he does have two games left, so it's a little early for that. Obviously, he's thrown 18 interceptions to just 21 touchdowns, and he needs some decent games to even, you know, get above that. His actual, what is it? So his worst year was 06. His first year as a starter, he threw 22, 
and he hasn't thrown less than 26 in his entire career outside of his very first year starting. So he needs five touchdowns in the final two games to make it back to his career low outside of his first year as a starter. That is saying something. That's absolutely um, insane. You look at his his records, his team records in his career, his top two seasons are 06 and 09, and then last year, 2018. So you've got 6, 9, 18 are year 1, 2, and 3. Well, if you look at his worst seasons, they have come three of his worst seasons, actually the three worst seasons, are 15, 16, and this year. In 15, they were 4 and 12, and 16, they were 5 and 11. This year, they are 5 and 9. If they win out these final two games, they will be tied at 7 and 9 with 2012 for their third worst season. If they lose out, they will be tied at 5 and 11 for their second worst season. So there is no way about it that this is a top three worst season for Philip Rivers in his career. Just freaking awful. And I'll tell you what, here's another one for you. Rivers has never, or he's thrown for sub 10 touch, or sub, oh, excuse me. He has thrown under 10 interceptions in a season twice. In both those seasons, he's thrown nine interceptions. Most of his career, I mean, just looking at his numbers, he's got 13, 21, 18, 15, 11, 20, 18, 10, 13, 11, ugh, pardon me, 11, 15, 12, 9, and 9. Yeah. So as you can see, He's never been one to really keep the ball safe. Let's just put it that way. He's never been one to keep the ball safe. Number two, I've got, uh, should Trey Pipkins get the start at left tackle? It'll be honestly an awesome glimpse into his progression over his first professional season. We were all sort of rioting, I guess, when the Chargers picked Trey Pipkins in the third round above guys like West Virginia's Yadni Kajus, Oklahoma's Bobby Evans, guys who uh, ended up with some good teams. I think Kajus got hurt, so he hasn't played with the Patriots this season. Bobby Evans has seen some starting time with the Rams due to some injuries over there. And a lot of people thought that those two tackles were much more pro-ready. And Trey Pipkins was a Division II player from Sioux Falls University. So the Chargers saw Yanni Kajus and Bobby Evans, guys who were part of really good offensive lines and were like all conference picks, yada, 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 at the highest level. But they saw Trey Pipkins, a Shrine Bowl player, all conference player. I don't know if he was an All-American at the D2 level. But again, a Division II player. And they're all similar heights, 6'5", 300-some pounds, right? But they saw something in Pipkins which made him the pick in the third round. So what they got was a project. And they said he was a project from the very beginning, that uh, he's not going to be the starter right away, you know, but he's got good intangibles and and things that you can't coach, good footwork, smart, et cetera, et cetera. Well, they've had to get some work out of him with Okung being out and then some of their backups being hurt. Pipkins looks like he's going to start at left tackle. So this will be a good, good litmus test in terms of how he has attacked his first professional season, how he's progressed. We can, you know, take a look at his film from the preseason and his first start, which was weeks and weeks ago uh, due to injury, and this week. And maybe he finishes out the year at left tackle as well. Maybe we'll get an additional game of tape for Trey Pipkins that we can watch. I really hope we do. I would like to see him get uh, full-time reps, and especially against divisional opponents in the Raiders and the Chiefs. I like it. I like it a lot. It also makes you think, you know, Russell Kung was has been good for this team. He has. But what if 
the team is better off without him, especially in terms of saving money. They've got a lot of money to fork out to free agents over the next two years, which include Bosa, Desmond King, Hunter Henry, and Melvin Ingram. So I guess it just depends on, on what direction the team wants to go, but they could save a lot of money by cutting Okung. And, uh, but at the same time, on the other side of the spectrum, what if Pipkins is stuck behind a 2020 draft pick? You know, what if Sam Tevy stays at right tackle and the Chargers draft somebody like Tristan Wirfs from Iowa? Somehow they luck into Andrew Thomas from Georgia. You know, you got these plug-and-play left tackles who are supposed to be cornerstone pieces. What happens to Trey Pipkins? Is he just a wasted third-round pick? It wouldn't be the first time that Telesco wastes a third-round pick. Craig Maker comes to mind. So, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I'm excited to see him play. It looks like he's getting the start, so I'm looking forward to it. And thirdly, just to wrap this thing up, I would love to see the Chargers just for, you know, shits and gigs. I would love to see the Chargers win to be able to level their record with the Raiders. And I think if the, the well, I think they might finish out tied for second in the AFC West if the Chargers beat the Raiders here and then they both finish with the same record. So I don't know. I think it'd be cool. I think it'd be cool if the Chargers somehow beat the Raiders and then beat the Chiefs and then somehow ended up second. It would be super weird. They still have a, a losing record, but I don't know. Second is better than third or fourth or being the dumpster of the AFC West, which is looked like we were going to be um, a couple weeks ago. So I don't know. I don't know. Uh, again, they did lose to the Broncos twice. So oh, that's no bueno. But yeah, man, I would like to just see that. Anything to kind of rub it into the nose of the Oakland Raiders. They won the first matchup, and they're moving out of Oakland, and uh, they just got their hopes dashed in their last game at the Coliseum against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Let's just make it a little worse. Let's get the win and uh, finish out strong that way. But that does finish up the show today, guys. Short and sweet, like I promised you guys have whole weekends and other things to do and probably fun activities that you'll do with your wife or significant other or if you're super lonely um do by yourself but i believe in you so it's been great thank you guys so much for again coming by listening to me on this friday evening which i at least i'm recording this it's probably some other day that you're going to be listening to it more than likely um but again sorry for the technical difficulties and real life stuff that comes out of nowhere but i appreciate it as always guys if you can, please go to Apple iTunes, Spotify, wherever you guys listen to your podcasts. Leave a five-star review. Tell me what you like. Tell me what you don't like. Go ahead and follow me on Twitter at Zone Tracks, Twitter podcast handle at PBR, PB Review Podcast, and check out Bolts from the Blue. Just do it because I told you so, and uh, I really do appreciate everything. I know I've said that like three times now, but it's you know I'm almost down through the first full season of doing this podcast we're coming around to the one year mark since I started it and time is flying and that's because this is such a blast and you guys make it that much of a blast that has been the powder blue review your second edition of this week again I am your host Michael Peterson I look forward to hopefully celebrating one of the last victory Mondays of the season next Monday I will see you guys then have a good night